Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by the clown prince of crime himself, Preston Jacobs. Preston? You want to know how I got these scars? (laughs) I didn't say it like him, though. I didn't say it like the Joker. (laughs) Every time. Well, guys, welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast, and today we'll be taking a look at Season 7, Episode 5, Eastwatch. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider following us on those platforms to get episodes as they're released. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, then please leave us a review. We enjoy reading them. And be sure to leave your thoughts down below on the current episode. We may cover them in the next episode of the podcast. Okay, so Preston, before we begin, a couple of things. Last episode of the podcast, you said how ridiculous it was for Elena's plan to give the poison to a drunk and then to a young girl and then back to her but someone from patreon is challenging you on that a counter argument from uh from jimma hope i said your name right they said the queen of thorns left behind more strangler poison on sansa's necklace so she could be the patsy dantos was supposed to escape with her and they get caught with dantos conveniently getting killed during the escape what the Queen of Thorns did not expect was for Littlefinger to actually rescue Sansa. She also did not foresee Tyrion and Joffrey getting into a fight, so the whole Patsy-Sansa part of the plan became irrelevant and ended up working out for, you know, in the better for her in the long run. So, it doesn't sound as ridiculous anymore once we consider that Sansa was supposed to be the Patsy. But she wasn't supposed to be the Patsy. Choking was supposed to be the Patsy. The Strangler was meant to, was meant to make it look like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the whole reason it was used. I mean, you'd have to then say, okay, well, maybe if the stre- if they didn't believe it was a choking, then we'd want to blame it on Sansa. But I don't know if that really works. I mean, it, it, it's getting way complicated at that point. So you're going to use you're going to you're going to use Dantos and Sansa in order to in order in order to back up plan B. I mean, plan A is make it look like a choking. You know, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't need to have Sansa or Dantos in the plan at all. Well, can't you just do an autopsy on Joffrey's body to uh, determine that it was poisoning? Well, that's what they did. I mean, they 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 did an autopsy and found that there was no there was nothing in the uh, the air passage. But you know, it's very clear that if you use the strangler, you're trying to make it look like a choking. Mm-hmm. And it may have you know they may have only done the autopsy because. Cersei blamed Tyrion immediately. But also, also you have to look at, okay, the, the entire point, I mean, the Tyrells wanted to marry Willis to Sansa, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I mean, so then, uh, you know, are they just trying, are they really t- the type of people to like blame Sansa for no reason? I don't know. Are they trying... Are they trying to remove Sansa for what reason? Would, would does that get them closer to Winterfell? I mean, it starts getting really like weird and complicated. But there's no, you know, the basic thing is the Strangler is there to make it look like it was a choking. Mm-hmm. Um, so they no, they were not trying to blame Sansa, or at least well, we have here's no the thing evidence though. of that. You're talking about the books. I think this person is referring to the show because in the show they wanted Loras to marry Sansa. However, that had to be sidelined because Tywin wanted Loras and Cersei. So making Sansa the Patsy doesn't really hurt them in the long run. Not only that, though, but the king just choke, and all of a sudden, you're missing a wedding guest for no reason. 
Well, I mean, it's going to look suspicious. If we're only talking about the show, there is a specific. Um, uh, George R. R. Martin actually, I think he wrote the he wrote the episode where where Joffrey choked, and they actually interviewed George R. R. Martin about the episode, and he says specifically that it was designed to make it was it was supposed to look like an, an accident, mm-hmm. and then Tyrion got pulled in. Um, so there's there's no evidence or you know that that Sansa was the patsy. Like it, it, it's wishful thinking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying to correct a plot that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, we all kind of do that when it comes to this show. You know, we all we all kind of try to try to you know be as as nice as we can. But uh, also, since we're on your channel, I thought I'd let your fans know that you are going away next month on vacation. Uh, I don't remember if we covered this last time. I don't think so. <laughs> but Preston, tell the audience where you are going. Uh, I'm going to Iraq, but yes, but not. <laughs> Not really vacation. <laughs> Look, I'm just come out and say it. Like, Iraq, really, dude? What happens if you, you know, something goes wrong and you die? What happens then? What happens to your channel then? Um, I mean, you, you want to be, like, like named heir of my channel and my will or something? <laughs> It'd be super douchey if I come out of nowhere and I say, Hey, by the way, uh, guys, Preston's dead. I would get so much hate for no reason. No reason at all. But let me propose something. If you die... Can I have your channel? You, I mean, sure. <laughs> because there's a merge button on YouTube, and what I can do is I can merge our channels together. I'd retain my channel name, but I would get all your videos, all your views, and subscribers. And because it was a merger, then your subs would be subbed to me for 60 days before they could unsub. Would you be cool with that? You'd have to, you'd have to like, start doing theory videos. <laughs> no, I don't. They'd be fine with uh, Chad Summerchild-esque reviews. But would you be cool with that? I'd be dead. I don't think I'd care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's get on. By the way, that was we're just trolling you guys. We're just don't worry. That's not that's not a thing. Uh, there's no merger button. But uh, let's get to the review. Okay, so as I, I ask you every single time, on a scale from one to ten, what would you give this episode? Because I would give it at least an eight. And yes, I understand. I'm very Chad Summer Childing the episode. And yeah. all the stuff aside, I, I gave up on the show being faithful to the books or even making sense. You know, there are some things that are f- so fucking stupid that I can't ignore. But certain things I can ignore and just, in, you know, take it for the enjoyment. But I would give it an 8. What would you give it? Uh, I mean, I would give it a 6, which which would make Damn. it the... I would make it the wor- like the worst episode of the season, but still, uh, but still way better than what we saw in seasons 5 and 6, mostly. You know, like... <laughs> A six? Better than episode four? Like, the first half of episode four was meh. The second half was where we was at, but I, I thought the whole thing throughout this episode was not bad. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought the episode was slow, mm. um, just filled with a lot of forced sentimentality that didn't work. You know, <laughs> okay. I don't need... I, again, I don't need to say goodbye. I don't need Jorah and Danny to say goodbye for the fourth time. They made a meme out of it, too, in the show. Yeah, I don't need... I don't need <laughs> you know, Tyrion and Jorah to remember the good times. You know, I don't, I don't need the, the electric <laughs> relationship of, of Danny and, and John. It's just, I don't know. It, none of it really worked for me. Um, I gave her a pass this, this time around. Cause I don't know, like normally we, and, and, and you did this on Twitter too. I was like, you know, Bran has the easiest job. All he has to sit there and not act. And there you go. <laughs> 
What did you say? It's like I said. Of... I said just like Amelia Clark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say like I'm giving her a pass because Amelia Clark is so adorable, and I may be called a uh, sexist for this, I guess. But she's so adorable this episode with her googly eyes. Like she likes him for no reason. They just they've known each other for a couple of days, I'm assuming, and she's already into him. Like goddamn, it took Dario had to fucking murder an entire company of people, take a city for you before well, you even get with it with him. I get that you're Brazilian and you're trying to balance your genes and say you like blondes. <laughs> I mean, you son of a bitch. In Latin America, they tend to really like blondes, and I suppose it's just you know everybody's trying to balance their genes, you know. In Scandinavia, in Scandinavia, they 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 like the um, you know the, the the darker look as well. Everybody wants everybody wants a balance, you know. Where are you going with this? I'm just I'm just this? I'm saying that's why you're giving uh, Amelia Clark the pass because you like you like her fake blonde hair is what I'm saying. I mean, you're not wrong, but okay, let's let's get off this and get into the the Citadel. Let's get to Sam and uh, Sam. This episode got frustrated rightly so and he said I'm, I'm done and he's leaving this and he's left the citadel he's probably going to winterfell i'm assuming um i would like him to go to hornhill i want to see like the whole aftermath of him finding out about his dad and brother getting burned alive but yeah. did you notice how he he goes in there and he's like it's almost as though he's randomly taking off scrolls like he's randomly picking up books right i mean the whole thing didn't make any sense to me i mean i went into this in, in my video but mm -hmm. you his whole complaint was, what we need is all of the maesters to start looking through all of the books. So what he was really complete, he wanted more research, not less. And he, he already proved himself pretty useful in the research front, right? I he mean, had, he found mm -hmm. the dragon's, dragon's uh, glass. So I don't understand why he's like, oh, I want to go make a difference and stop reading about men who are making a difference. Like, he was making a difference. I mean, he he saved Jorah's life, and he and he found the dragon glass stash. He was he was incredibly useful. Uh, so I I don't get it. I don't I don't understand him him thinking that that he was being useless. You know. Well, him just finding out the dragon glass that's just one 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 part of it. I th I think he just wants to be even more useful than that. He wants to do everything he can. Yeah, he found the dragon glass, but this is a war against the living. I mean, finding one crucial piece of information is just not enough you you got to keep searching for even more pieces of information that can but if help it's not you gonna, out i mean is there going to be a better place than the citadel for that mm. i mean uh, what is he going to do go fight you know it's sad yeah I, that doesn't make any sense too like just stay there and sneak in every night and grab a couple of those uh, forbidden shit research it yourself don't rely on them and uh, keep doing what you're doing Right. I mean, look, Sam is supposed to be the character that's most like George R. R. Martin. Like, imagine if George R. R. Martin was suddenly like, you know what? The way I can really, you know, affect change on the world is to stop writing and to go, um, you know, join the army. We'd all be like, what? No, like, <laughs> that's not your thing. That's not your thing. And that's fine. Like, you know, I don't criticize Sam for not being for not being you know a physical guy. He he has his talent. His talent is academic, and so let him be academic. He's he's you know in his uh, place. Now we also get Gilly this episode. Now I, for those of you who don't know, I fucking hate Gilly. And uh, someone in my I, comments... I like Gilly. I like Gilly a lot. Do you really? I do. Are you serious? I do. I no. I'm perfectly fine with Gilly. I think oh, I think the show 
they always try to make Gilly annoying, but she's not. She's never that annoying. I mean, I, I, don't I know. hate her because like they they give her way too much to do for no fucking reason. You got to agree that all the Gilly and Sam scenes we gotten these past couple of seasons could have been spent on other characters developing them. What I what I hate what I hate about Gilly is they've made her into the the damsel for Sam to rescue. And Gilly was never that. Gilly was always like, you know, he's she's always described as the strong woman that's been through these things. Um, she doesn't need to be the damsel for for Sam to save over and over and over again. Um, you know, send her first. You're gonna save her from from the White Walkers. Fine, that's one. But then she saves she he saves her from the whorehouse and then at the wall. And then from the rudeness of, of his dad, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. I I wish they gave her something to do rather than be someone to save. The reason she's so important in the books is because of the baby. Right. I mean, Gilly isn't that important in the books. She, she, she kind of just cries a lot <laughs> because they steal her baby. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, they steal her baby and she gets really upset, so she cries a lot. And then she has sex with Sam, and we have the pink mast, the infamous pink mast scene. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's about it. The person Sam talks to is, is Eamon and, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and Darian. They're the ones that have the kind of the most conversation with Sam. But... And then Eamon dies on the boat. Okay, but we're going right. ahead. The whole thing yeah. about this, this episode that was like such a fuck you, because I, I dislike Gilly. And I've been wanting a Rhaegar Lyanna vision from Bran for a long time. And we finally get, you know, the answers with Rhaegar and Lyanna that we want, but it's from fucking Gilly. It's kind of like a fuck you to me, personally. I, I don't, I'm not thinking that the showrunners did that, you know, with the intention of doing that to me. But it, it really does seem like a fuck you. But the whole thing, the annulments, uh, Sam talking over her and all that shit. I know for a fa- I was sitting there watching, like, Preston's gonna hate this shit. He's gonna fucking hate this. Your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I hated it because it was a fucking named High Septon. I mean, High Septons don't have names. Mm. Um, so High Septon Maynard annuls uh, yeah, this 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 marriage. That's that means you know Rhaegar was married for years, you know, and so he, he they're gonna annul a marriage um, where he already has he's already consummated. He already has children. They already make made a big deal about consummation being the big thing and the high Septon's opinion being not that important when we, uh, when we talked to Tyrion a few episodes ago, but the thing, the thing that makes it the biggest fuck you, honestly, the biggest fuck you is okay. They, they came out with this huge succession surprise, right? Oh my gosh. If you go by succession, Jon Snow is the true King, except the show said, fuck you to succession two fucking seasons ago. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a world where Ilaria Sand, you know, just takes over. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, succession goes, Doran Martell, and then his younger brother's ex-girlfriend. Like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> and Cersei takes over, and John takes over, you know, all of the succession and, and Olena takes over, like all of these things that don't make sense succession wise. Wait, so wait, wait, why wait, how does Olena take over? Like, isn't she a red wine? She's not she's not a Tyrell, she's a red wine, right? 
Right, but she's ruling. She's ruling High Garden. When, when yeah, they, when yeah. They... I, I thought <laughs> you just mentioned that. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> she's she's a red wine though, right? I'm I'm not wrong about that. I, I'm not yeah, wrong. She's she's, she's, that. A, she's a red wine. She so the the only connection is that she was married to a Tyrell. Her mm-hmm. son was the Lord. Um, and you know the show had established that other Tyrells exist. Marjorie talks about her cousins. So other other Tyrells exist. You know, when when Loris and Marjorie died, and M- Loris, Mace, and Marjorie died, like well, you could uh, argue that her cousins were also in the room when they died, or maybe, um, maybe they were in King's Landing somewhere and they were taken out when Marjorie was also taken out. Why? Why would? Why would she do? Why would they do that? Why would they go there? I mean, all of them. What about Mace? Mace Tyrell's wife? Like all of these other people that would have that would have it before, you know, the Dowager. Uh, the the mom, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't all of it doesn't make sense. Cersei, Olena, um, Ilaria, John, um, and then if you want to even go further, fucking Dolores Ed taking over the wall, like or <laughs> <laughs> why you know? is he even at the wall? Like he saw what was coming. Just get out. Right. It's just none of it. None of it makes any sense. And so. You've already thrown succession out the window. And so then later, like after the fact, you're going to say, oh, succession wise, Jon Snow is actually the king. Well, well, fuck you. It doesn't matter. Like, I knew you hate the annulment part. Um, there was a question someone asked me and they basically asked uh, the annulment thing. Do you think this is something that George will likely be doing in the books? You know, with, with, right, with Jon Snow being the rightful king, you, you think that's, some, that's a direction he would take? Or, or is this more like show fluff? It's mostly show fluff. I think if George R. Martin were going to do it, all right, there, there's no way that George R. Martin is going to have one. I don't think he's going to have one a king sitting the throne at the end. And if he were going to have a monarch sitting the throne at the end, he's probably not going to have a male. Like, you know, he's just the type of person that would have a female, you know, win. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like the most classic, you know, hero. Um, it's just he, George R. R. Martin is too much of a trope smasher to possibly have you know Jon Snow sit the Iron Throne in the end. Now, if he if he is gonna have like a reveal that Jon Snow is the real king, it's because Jon has died and it's a completely moot point, and we're all sitting there going, oh, you know, shucks, like if only, you know, like he might do that, like oh, wasted potential, could have. But it never happened. Um, so, but it doesn't. It doesn't make like it doesn't make sense in the uh, in the. It doesn't make sense in the book either. And and George R. R. Martin is very into writing a logical story. So I don't know how. I don't know how he would do it. So, understandable. The the Citadel stuff. Your final thoughts on it. Uh... I mean, I, I think that it would have been really interesting to have his his archmaster um, tell him about his father and brother. Yeah, they didn't do that. Like, what the hell? I mean, if you really wanted, you know, something to throw uh, him off and have him go crazy, like, have it be, you know, if you wanted him to leave, like, and say, like, I'm leaving the Citadel, you could have just had him reveal, oh, yeah, your father and, and uh, brother died. And him be like, oh my gosh, I have to go see my mother at Horn Hill. 
And then that would be his reason for leaving. And then from there, just him get gets sidetracked or something. But I don't know. In the middle of the night, it's such a weird thing. Like, you, you don't even want to sleep on that. You don't want to get some rest before your long journey. Right. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually really curious to see, like, how he feels about the whole Danny burning his father and brother alive. I mean, Dickon didn't really need to be in there with his dad. I guess they just no. wanted to remove more characters. Maybe they give did, Sam yeah. a better better claim to uh, Horn Hill, I guess. But um, the Citadel stuff, for me, it was a little too short. And in a sense, he could have stayed, but I guess they're trying to get him closer to John. You know, get that also back Also what there. frustrated me is the, the Citadel guys, the Archmaesters, they weren't even being that unreasonable. Had they dismissed Sam outright and said, ha ha, you guys are ridiculous, like the Archmaester had done previously then maybe I'd understand. But he actually says, let me write back for some clarification. Right. So, okay, that, that'll take like a week. Like, give it a week. You've been, you've been there for six months, maybe longer. So, I don't know. Well, Ugh. the clock is ticking because uh, the Army of the Dead is coming up on the wall. And apparently they're marching five centimeters every fucking day. <laughs> like, it's taking them a long time. <laughs> to get uh, from season five, episode eight of Hard Home, all the way down to to where they are now. Like, holy shit, man! That they are fucking walking slow. Did you see that? I mean, Jamie, Jamie can march all around the map, and <laughs> Dothraki can teleport, Tyrion can teleport, Jorah can teleport. Everybody can teleport except for the the White Walkers who have to go oh as slow as possible. There was a great post on Reddit, uh, I think yesterday, where someone posted on the television uh, subreddit how Game of Thrones now feels like an RPG where everybody playing has to be done in like an hour, so they're speeding everything up. That's how <laughs> it kind of feels now. That's so fucking true. Everything needs to be sped up, which we'll talk about in a minute. So let's mm. go over to the aftermath of the Field of Fire. Jamie mm. somehow does not sink, despite having his golden hand and all that armor. He doesn't sink. Fine, I can suspend my belief on that. It's just that they showed him sinking the previous scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's 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 what's frustrating. Like, I mean, I even as a kid. So as when I was a kid, I used to watch GI Joe, and one of the most frustrating things about GI Joe, and this is even as a kid, I used to think this was ridiculous, is that they would show a character fall off a cliff, and then he would honestly be like ten feet from the ground, and they would cut to commercial, and you're like, oh gosh, cliffhanger, and then they would come back, and now he's fifty feet from the ground, and he catches like a tree branch and you're like cop no like that's not where he was like you can't do that that's what they did in this episode with jamie even back then you were a skeptic but uh <laughs> no i i like i liked uh i will say this i once again at this point it's better to just you know let it go that that's what i tell myself just let it go you know by the way you were right they did float downstream Okay, but uh, Even, yeah, he it still doesn't look. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look didn't look like a very strong river. It, right, <laughs> it looked more like a puddle. Everybody was saying it was like the deepest puddle of all fucking time. It really was. So, so and, you know, of course, of course, you know. Then there's there's discussions about like, okay, Cersei. I mean, uh, Daenerys must have assumed that she killed Jaime because she mm-hmm. wasn't looking for him. But that means Tyrion would have seen him. 
and let him go. Like felt like I better let my brother go than capture him. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a pretty. So do I you mean, think they should have had that scene where Tyrion can see Jamie, you know, downstream? Maybe he's, you know, he's he's there and he sees Jamie, but he just keeps it to himself. Yeah, that would be much more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Than, than than just passing over it. But the Lannister soldiers, she doesn't slaughter them. She, you know, takes them and tells them to bend the knee. I what I did like it how it. When, I, when she tells him to bend the knee, I, I liked how not only did did Randall Tarly not bend, but a couple of the soldiers behind him didn't either. I, I like that they you know made that stand out. One thing we didn't mention last episode of the podcast was how there was also some uh, Tarly soldiers in the fighting. You could see some of their armor all over the place. But um, her burning Randall Tarly and Dickon, that was... I mean, you gotta respect the guy for, you know having that honor even in the face of a fucking dragon but i don't know i i really don't feel as though dickon should have been roasted too like that was just so random out of nowhere him volunteering to die as well like dude really yeah i mean it's they tried to make tarly into honor obsessed when again tarly isn't honor obsessed he's he's masculinity obsessed like you know if he was honor obsessed he wouldn't have of threatened to kill his own son on a hunt. (laughs) You know, like like, keep in mind that the whole reason he threatened to kill Sam on a hunt was one, he was masculinity obsessed, but two, like he, he was worried about the, the, the beefiness and masculinity of his house. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I'm sure Sam could have been a fine Lord, but he was talking about like the machismo of his house continuing on. And in this case, well, the machismo of his house, like, dies immediately. So, you know, Dickon made the wrong choice. <laughs> and um, the one question everybody is asking now is, so who controls the Reach? The deal was the Tarleys help the Lannisters take out the Tyrells. Okay, fine. So who's in charge of the Reach now? Uh... See, I would have assumed that they would have given Hightower, or, or um, given Highgarden... To the Tarleys, you know, like that would have been perfect. Like, give it to, give it to Dickon, give it to um, Sam's sister or something. Mm-hmm. But now Sam's sister is the one controlling Horn Hill, so I don't know who's gonna be controlling Highgarden. I don't know. It's it's vacant, I guess. What? Or, watch him. Watch Danny give it to Sam. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. Uh, she or, gives or, it to Sam, and then Sam becomes the lord of uh, lord of all the reach, and and then he takes Gilly as his bride. I mean, you know, you can just give it to a random lord that you wanted, that you know, some off-screen lord that they needed support from. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I suppose, but you know, it's one of these things. that's just like better, better not ask the question because the showrunners certainly don't know. Like everybody's <laughs> been asking me, like who's running, who's running Dorn? Like, just don't ask. <laughs> don't ask where's Edmure Tully dude who's running the Riverlands like I mean there's a slim chance that Edmure Tully's gonna show up with with um Grey Worm or something mm. I mean that would be really dumb of Jamie to oh wait 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 him. wait a minute yeah I forgot about that so in the books doesn't Jamie send Edmure to Cashley Rock as a hostage sends him in the book in the show too so, yeah, that could be like a nah. They they won't do it because you know for a fact that the what they're trying to do is 
kill off as many characters as possible so they don't have to pay these people. Right. And they're not going to bring back anybody else besides Gendry. And once again, we'll have to pay these people. And they want to focus on the CGI dragons, which, okay, let's talk about that for a bit. So Danny, this episode, you know, bend the knee. Not here to kill anybody, but bend the knee or die. <laughs> yeah. What a choice. What a choice. I gave them a choice. Uh, yeah, I gave them a choice. Your thoughts on Danny during the Fuel of Fire scene? It was brief, but... I mean, I, I I think it's really disingenuous. Like, I don't think they're going down the Mad Queen plot line. They're just setting it up so we think they might. In the preview? You know, but then, you know, I like I say, I don't think they, I don't think they're, I don't think they would be, uh, they would be, they would have two evil queens. Like, it's just not, it's not something they would do. Like, that's just... People would notice, like, mm-hmm. oh, your 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 good characters are all men, and your your you know your evil characters are all women. Like, no, it's just not going to happen. So Cersei is going to come back and 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 be good, and and realize that the the truth thread is north of the wall and all of that, all of that cheesiness. But you know, so this is why it just angers me. Like, oh, they're just playing around with it. But she's gonna she's gonna see the light. You think Cersei's gonna see the light? No, I don't think Cersei is. I think Danny is. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Oh, you're trying... Uh, Cer- yeah. Cersei's not going mean, to see the light. <laughs> no, Cersei's not going to see the light. <laughs> um, yeah, Danny. this episode was weird, but let's let's leave her for a little bit. But the Field of Fire aftermath, did you enjoy that? Did you not? I mean, it was fine. I mean, you know, it it's... I never... I don't... I you know, I complain about this all the time about how they've made Tyrion too good all of a sudden all at once, like he kills his dad and and murders his ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> season five he's you know the most moral man in the universe. I won't have sex with prostitutes anymore, and you know so you know they're trying to make him into this all of a sudden all of a sudden he he cares about dead bodies and 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 cares about you know casualties. Which is which is kind of odd that it happened all all of a sudden. Um, he certainly didn't care about the Sons of the Harpy, anything like that. But he, uh, but it's fine to show the death. I mean, that's on that's on point. It's on theme. You know that you're you're supposed to you're supposed to realize that this war is a bad idea, and it's horrible horrible loss. Um, but but you're getting more of what you want, and more more of what is, is in George's uh, books. That war is horrible. Yeah. But you know, I just kind of feel that everything through the eyes of Tyrion is is a bit much. Like you know, you can have other characters do it. Like if if they had Dick and Tarly walk around being the character, or if they had Jamie walking around being the character. Oh, that would have been like, perfect. Jamie or Dick, and that would have been perfect because we just you know, last episode we talked to Dick about you know his first battle and yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't need it to be. I don't need. The, I don't need the showrunners to tell me how to feel constantly mm-hmm. through Tyrion. Um, that's what that frustrates me. But I don't know. Um, but I, I'm I'm fine with that aftermath. The aftermath was exactly what it should have been. Exactly you know, showing showing the carnage. Mm-hmm. I just I was just frustrated that it was Tyrion. Like it doesn't always have to be Tyrion. Fucking dragon fire melted them. Like left no bones. It was so hot it just turned everything to ash. Did you see that? Right. I mean, I would have, I would have even, I would have even more, you know, enjoyed Danny walking around, seeing the destruction of her dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Ugh. 
But Danny, Danny just Danny just becomes more and more cardboard every day. <laughs> cardboard. Speaking of cardboard, let's go to Winterfell for a minute here. So, oh God. <laughs> did you hate Winterfell as much as I did this episode? Now you're a Littlefinger fan. Like, shouldn't you be like, oh my God, he's up to some scheming? No, that scheme is fucking stupid. That is that is the <laughs> stupidest fucking scheme ever. I'm going to try and turn the sisters against each other to hopefully make one of them kill the other i don't know what the fuck his plan is but it's already fucking stupid like anybody even if sansa what he's trying to do is we all know this he's trying to you know plant the seeds of doubt in Arya's head that maybe sansa you know is just out for herself blah 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 but it that doesn't make any sense because we all know that well any idiot knows that you know when she wrote that letter in season one to rob that she did it at the queen's behest like Right. She was under duress. Like, yeah. there's no there's no blaming her. But then again, I mean, Arya is right now, you know, crazy. Like, that thing about that scene where she calls her materialistic for taking her parents' bedroom is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. She's the Lady of Winterfell. How dare she settle in the Lady of Winterfell's room? How dare you? <laughs> it was her... I know. I mean, keep in mind that when she moved in... Like, she was she was literally the, the heir. Like, Bran was dead, Arya was dead, Jon was a bastard. Like, she should have moved in. And then they announced Jon to be king of the north. Like, mm-hmm. maybe Jon could have said, hey, let's switch bedrooms. But they actually had a conversation about they this. They did. They actually had the bedroom conversation. Right? Well, well, well uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who watched this, and I was telling them how I felt about the Arya scene, and they defended Arya, saying how, you know... Well, Arya's not really being mean to Sansa. She's just calling Sansa out by, uh, she just wants Sansa to be more true to herself, you know? Arya got really good at the game of lies during her time at the House of Black and White. She can, she can see that Sansa is lying and that Sansa does want this position of power over Jon. And of course, Arya is more attached to Jon than she is to Sansa. Okay, fine. But at the same time... Sansa is the Lady of Winterfell. I mean, Bran doesn't want it. He's a cripple, and he's not even Bran anymore. Jon is a bastard, so it would go to her. She's the oldest rightful heir to Winterfell with the pure Stark blood, right? Yeah, it's true. I don't. That's. I don't understand the whole the the idea of of Arya saying, "Oh, you always liked nice things," like that's that's not really Sansa's character. Sansa's character was. The dreamy girl who wanted the fairy tale, not that she wanted, you know, she was obsessed with, you know, material things. She didn't want to be queen because um, she didn't want to be queen because she wanted riches. She wanted to be queen because that's the fairy tale thing. It's like the, you know, when a, when you ask a, an eight year old girl who wants to be a princess, like she doesn't want uh, all of the riches that comes with it. She just wants to be the princess. She wants all of the girly girl aspects of it, the fairy tale. That's what Sansa wanted. So it's just an odd thing, like to all of a and sudden. And it came say, out of oh. nowhere. Did you see that? Like, like, and Sansa it, made some very good points. I will say the oh, Lord- Sansa. I mean, one hundred percent correct. I mean, <laughs> you know how I always say somebody's always correct. Sansa's been one hundred percent correct for so long. <laughs> I mean, ever. I mean, ever since. I mean, I suppose the last horrible thing she did was was sell out Rickon or not care about Rickon. It's just, ugh. but, but she was right about the battles and and all of this. But, uh And the lords of the north are so fickle. My my lady Sansa, 
we elected John to be the leader, but we clearly should have chosen you. Like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? You Lord Glover, you just said, like, a couple weeks ago that we should make John gang, and now you're... What happened to the Lords of the North? Why are they so fickle with their allegiance? Like, goddamn, dude. It is really, it is really weird in the sense, like, I admit, John's been gone for months. Okay, I, let, let, I mean, many months. Let's accept that. Wait, wait, but he's been gone for many months in the show. I think so. Are you really? Like, I, it seems like weeks. I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's impossible to tell, but. <laughs> I mean, enough. He's been gone long enough that uh, Jamie was able to march to Casterly Rock and High Garden and back to King's Landing. So we got to go home. This RPG is taking too long. We got to go yeah, home. <laughs> I mean, so so he's been gone anywhere from between five days and and like four months. So, but nonetheless, fine. He's been gone. He's been gone all of this time. But since when? Since when do they need like so much handholding? You know, <laughs> like, like why do they need their king around? Mm -hmm. You know, is there is there some essential duty that John like needs to get done? You know, the... I'd understand if he was like a beacon of hope, and you know, like him being there inspires the troops. But the, I mean. If everything was so depressed and everybody was just so, uh, you know, like, but they have their own mm. keeps to attend to. Like, why the fuck are they there every single time? Like, I feel like they're yeah. they're not going home. They're just shacking up at Winterfell for something. I mean, the the people that I could understand it from the Vale forces. Like, we've been living in tents for like six months outside of Winterfell. <laughs> like. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh, that's like, another thing. We've been wondering how many forces Robin Aaron sent to help out Winterfell. Fucking two thousand, really? Because Sansa. Well, says, no, that's just that's just Royce. That's just Royce. Do we? Oh, we have other Lords of the Vale there that we haven't seen that we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can kind of get. You can kind. I mean, we can kind of run the numbers now. Like right now, we know that there's fewer than ten thousand. That's what we know for sure because that's what John said said but it's close to 10,000 no fewer than 10,000 northern men no I, I thought he said how many forces do I don't know but even if he said northern men even if he said northern men I thought it was implied that he meant northern men but go ahead it can't be northern men it can't because there's just not enough of them Glover Glover has 500 which is frankly more than I thought he would have right um but so Glover has 500 we, we know that Mormont has has jack and shit and there, there's there, he named like a couple other random houses. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Manderley, who didn't show up, also has a thousand or something. So I mean, two thousand Royce, and let's say let's say you know, uh, I mean five thousand rest of the Vale, and then we could say you know three thousand Northerners. That's what that's that would be my like rough guess. But that's fine. But Sansa's correct though. Well, the point we we're trying to make here is that Sansa is correct. She needs to, as the Lady of Winterfell, listen to their complaints and, and basically try to, you know, hold things off until Jon returns. She didn't do anything wrong, and she's exactly right. But Arya, exactly right. coming out of nowhere, like, meh, Like, if this turns out to be a ploy just to fuck with Peter Baelish, then... Okay, fine. No, I mean, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be like an almost, oh, uh, like... We almost had a compelling plot, just like just like Danny becoming the Mad Queen. Like Danny becoming the Mad Queen would be an interesting, compelling plot. Not gonna happen. Um, you know, Sansa and Arya becoming enemies. Not gonna happen. It's just. Do you, do you, you think know. it's gonna be like one of those things where it's like, 
You were trying to play us against each other, Lord Baelish, but we were one step ahead of you the entire time. We didn't fall right, for the, it, and we the let pack, you it. The pack stays together. They'll make some, like, horrible fucking wolf reference. <laughs> like, God, the pack survives. You know, I'm sure, some bullshit. What was the stupid or, thing from the trailer? It's, uh, it's, uh... Lone wolf dies, the pack survives. Yeah! Has she, has, has she already said the line? Has it appeared yet? I don't think so. Oh, God. Could, that could totally be it. Oh, my God, I said it as a joke, and it could totally be it. <laughs> Fuck, it's such a horrible thought. It's so stupid. They could be like, they could be like, oh, you tried to turn us against each other. The lone wolf dies. The pack survives. And then she stabs Littlefinger. Oh, God. (laughs) It's so horrible. Oh, it's totally going to happen. This happens right. This happens right after uh, Danny and John are about to have sex and she takes down her drove and the wall comes down. The dress dress falls just as the wall falls. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so your thoughts on Winterfell this time? Because I, f- I feel like the only cool part of Winterfell was uh, Bran's brief scene, very brief scene, where he takes control of uh, those uh, those ravens or crows. I can't I can't tell at this point. Yeah, I guess, who do- yeah, I guess they're ravens. It's funny because he like uses all the ravens, and then he's like, "We need ravens." <laughs> I was like, "You just fucking used them all." But no, that scene looked awesome. Um, it, it was, it was useful. He was, he was finally using his skills. So the Night King's ability, <laughs> like the Night King's ability, he can look, he, so is he, is he like the anti-warg? Can he, can he, you know, break connections by just looking at them or? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty clear that it's, I think it's pretty clear that, that the Night King is a telepath as well. And he is telepathically controlling his, his whites, uh, just like. Bran is telepathically controlling uh, uh, ravens, and the Night King is so telepathically strong that he can interrupt um, Bran's signal, you know, and 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 break the break this, you know, everything. So, yeah, but other than that, um, but yes. So if Bran had skin changed those ravens and brought them out, like well beyond the wall, to like glacier area with no wilderness and then had the signal broken none of those ravens are returning to winterfell (laughs) (laughs) because right those most ravens you keep like go to other go to uh, i mean unless maybe he he picked like the winterfell ravens that arrived that are ready to get sent out again but um he lost all those ravens they're gonna like fly to their designated castles unless he just used winterfell once but nonetheless he um he had wanted more ravens to send his his messages. So, so the Night King, would you say that his telepathic abilities are better than Bran's to the point where he can break Bran's connection? Uh well, I think he's he's definitely supposed to be on par with Bran. Um, I mean, I think like right now Bran is weaker, and perhaps like the plot will eventually have Bran surpass the Night King. Well, but but how can you supp- if the Night King's supposed to be like this ancient en- entity, like this ancient enemy of mankind? How the fuck is someone who's been around that long, who's probably have time to hone their, their skills and their powers, how the fuck can a, a 12-year-old boy be better than him at this? Uh, I was under the impression... It's an, it's, an, it's an interesting question, because it's it's almost like how can a 12-year-old girl who's who's been training um, <laughs> uh, with a staff 
for less than a year uh, suddenly go up against, you know, uh, a seasoned warrior who's been training their entire life. You know, one, 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 could, one could ask these questions. Now, yes, now, Preston, very good questions. one bullshit at a time, please. One, one, one ridiculous <laughs> crap at a time. Like, how the... I was under the impression that the three-eyed raven just gave Bran his memories, not his all fucking, not all of his power. It doesn't he? Didn't, they didn't merge YouTube channels. It doesn't fucking work like that. So how the hell is Bran? I mean, it might be in his blood, you know. Like he has this really special, he has the really special Stark genes, and he has the really special um, Lawston genes from from his mother's side. And you know, the two the two telepathic lines come together, and he's got like you know. All that power. I mean, he can take him fucking time travel. He's that powerful. He's powerful enough to time travel. Once again, I honestly think the reason he was that powerful was because of that tree beyond the wall. It's it's probably like the master tree. So it, maybe it amplified his power. I don't know. The, the time traveling thing is so... Uh, you think we're going to get another time traveling <laughs> shit this, this season? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely going to be part of the book now. I mean... Considering they told us that George R. R. Martin is the one that revealed it to him, but um, I mean, time traveling Bran is a thing. Uh, as a whole, I mean, we we talked about time traveling Bran before a bit, but um, uh, it might be we might get one more. Mm. Whatever. So the Winterfell, I know the, the Winterfell stuff. Your your overall thoughts? Just the worst part of this episode? I thought so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the worst part of the episode. I mean, I suppose they better have Arya be a fucking crazy loon. Like, I'm sick of this. Like, you know, I do not want her coming back. Like, if they are set, like, if they're going to do something lame, like the pack survives and stabbing, uh, stabbing Littlefinger, like, at least make season eight about, like, Arya and Sansa actually having a battle and fighting each other. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They would, they would never do that. Yeah. They're they're gonna spend all that fucking time. I'm surprised we'll even see Sansa in season eight. They're gonna spend all that time on dragons and like they've been doing now. And speaking of dragons, let's get to Dragonstone. So Danny, yeah, yeah. Danny, she uh, she last episode she left and then she fucking arrives like there. Okay, let's say it takes maybe her a couple of days on on whatever to arrive at the Battle of the Field of Fire. Fine, but it's but it's like the Field of Fire. It, it seems like it takes place in the morning, and then Danny flies back, and it's like she arrives at Dragonstone in the afternoon. Yeah, and her and her her Dothraki beat her. <laughs> did you get? Did you see? Did you notice that they they beat her to the punch there somehow? Right, like she like I could get I could totally on board with like her getting on her dragon and getting back really quickly. You know, looking still perfectly kempt. You know, <laughs> uh, fine. You know, the wind didn't do anything. The hair's not even messy, Ma- right? Makeup is perfect. Mm. Yeah, fine, fine. But she flies back, and her and her Dothraki are there. The same Dothraki that we saw, like standing behind her, you know, when she when she burned Randall Tarly. So they got they went and they rode, got on a ship, sailed back, and got there before her on her dragon somehow. That's something like 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 we always you and I I'm sure you get it most we always get people going dude stop nitpicking just fucking enjoy it like it's just I it's mean, so I'm, I'm saying when my mom watches the show she's like I don't understand how this person got there so quickly <laughs> like this is this is what my mom is saying <sighs> she doesn't care like she's not nitpicky and she's sitting here going 
what? How did he? How did he get all the way across a continent? That doesn't like. <sighs> I know, dude. I like like this is one of those things where even 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 people like even Chad Summerchild has to fucking go <laughs> like, okay, come on, stop it. <laughs> it's true. Okay, but <sighs> so. <laughs> This has got to be like the dumbest scene I've ever. I. I. Oh my God, John touching Drogon, thoughts. <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, it, it's more. It's more John, fan service, isn't mm. it? Like we get to find out that he's the true king, and he's totally cool with dragons in the same episode, and Daenerys is in love with him. Like, jeez, it's motherfucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so his plan. When they go, when they all go back inside, his plan is fucking stupid. I, I I covered this a little bit in my preview breakdown. So, he he wants to go out there, be on the wall, wander around for a bit, and try to find one white to bring back. Right, that's his plan. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what he, I let me let me try and like, break down his plan. So what he's possibly trying to do is, and we've seen this before, whenever you go into battle with another army. Usually that army sends out scouts to see, you know, mm. to get a, 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 a kind of a feel of what the army's, you know, the, the opposition's numbers are, you know, the location, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So is John wanting to go beyond the wall to capture a white scout? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. But here's the thing, though. They're going to wander around beyond the wall. He's seen the army of the dead. Brand told him that they're all marching towards him. So I guess yeah. John is, is is you know trying to think of conventional warfare. Okay, fine. If they're all marching towards Eastwatch, then they're probably sending people uh, whites to scout out certain things. Fine. But here's the thing, though: the Night King is not uh, not a, is not a human. He's not using con- he's not going with the conventional rules of war, sending out scouts. You know, blah blah blah, all that stuff. There's no siege weapons. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna fucking march all his troops right there and just pile drive bulldozer everything in his in his path i don't know i like like his plan is dumb so why didn't he just take bran with him have bran use the ravens to scout ahead and try to find a white that's you know straight from the pack i mean you're right that the the he's run into whites he's run into whites one time uh, before the battle of hard one Hawk, time and and they and were hard even Hawk. brought in but they were unconscious yeah and and he he's heard about the fist of the first men, so he knows that they travel in massive packs. Right, like he kind of knows this. Like, yes, he did find two just lying there as dead bodies, but um, you're right that it's it's. I don't know, like, why would you think that you could find one alone? Someone messaged me, and he said. Why can't they just bring, like, a prisoner on death row, kill the guy beyond the wall, wait for him to turn, and then bring him back? Well, we're not sure if that works. Mm. Um, so uh, this actually happens in the book where, where he's got some dead bodies, and so he, he wants to see if they turn. So he just pops them in an ice cell to see if they wake up, and they don't wake up. So the Night's King, or any White Walker in general, has to be within a certain certain radius of these people to bring them back well i think someone has to actively want to raise them the question that i have is this the is the night king the only person with the ability to do this or does his generals and commanders the other the other white walkers with the with the armor do they have this ability as well 
Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, considering that they've made now the Night King this like, you know, eight thousand year old creature, um, it's hard to say. The uh, I mean, I'd say in the book, other people have the ability to raise whites because you have cold hands. I mean, I suppose there's Beric. Somebody else has the ability to raise the dead, and John. The fire white. <laughs> yeah, the fire white. <laughs> no, but. The, the show really makes it seem like the cold winds from the White Walkers being around or in the vicinity, like, raises the dead. That's what they kind I mean, of I imply. Think, I think those cold winds, I mean, I think those winds are, are some sort of telepathic, telekinetic, like, uh, feeling, shockwave. Um, I know it sounds spacey, but, you know, keep in mind in the book, like when Theon is next to the, the where, you know, the werewood, he feels like the wind rustling and it's Bran, you know, it's so, you know, I, I think that's like part of it that, that yes, it, it is, it is like something, but John's plan here, fucking stupid. Can we just, yeah, but I don't know if he has any other option. Mm. Like how else are you going to get one? Like I said, use, uh, use Bran, have Bran scat out. I mean, you're right that you're right. He should have Bran. I should. He should be like Bran. Get your get your ravens, and I want you to check for like just one random like dude, because like them wandering about aimlessly, it just doesn't seem like it would work. Like Jon Snow went north of the Wall for months and months and months and didn't run into a single white. Mm -hmm. What makes him think that like? They won't wander around the, the, the north for months and months and months and not and not run into his army. Right. I mean, the army is marching at a snail's pace, so... Yeah, who knows where they are. <laughs> but uh, Danny liking John. Once again, I'm giving her a pass. He's just so adorable. I'm giving her a pass. I shouldn't... It's fine. I, look, I, Danny... Danny... Any... <laughs> any guy that isn't Jorah, a dwarf, a eunuch, or an old man is like... Is like on Danny's radar. <laughs> but it comes out of nowhere, though. Like, like okay, I feel like it's been maybe like a week or two since John has been there. And he hasn't really done much except for give her some advice, touch her hand that one time, and I, do you think the whole Drogon, him being cool with Drogon, you think that's what did it? No, I think I think there was supposed to be sexual tension and sexual chemistry before that, if if either actor could act. <laughs> but they they you know, there's there's it, there's just so obviously not. But they're 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 trying to make it that way. They're you know having these longing stares supposedly. It would be fine like if if we got scenes between John and Davos in private and uh, Danny and Masande in private where they're like, damn, she's she's good looking. You know, I. I like, I wasn't expecting him to be so good-looking. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Like, we didn't get that. It's just, it's almost as though, yeah. like, they were just, you know, incredibly stiff the entire time towards each other. I didn't, I didn't get the hint that they liked each other. Not at all. I mean, this is definitely not, like, Rose Leslie and, like, her, her like, somebody that can actually act. She was, I loved know? her when her and John, season two, John's stuff in season two was eh. But she made it better. Like she teased him. She was playful with him. Oh they god! Like Ro little. Rose Leslie. Rose Leslie made the Egret character better than the Egret character in the book. Like she was. She was. 
And this is a rarity. It's sort of like it's sort of like you know, show Tywin is better than Tywin, and show Egret is better than Egret. Show show Osha is better than. I was Osha. about to say that. Yeah, George George comments yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like some actors have um, an ability to even you know have the the characters surpass even their book counterparts. Right. I mean, even my favorite actors, Lena Headey and 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 Alfie Allen, like. The problem is their show, their their book characters are also fucking awesome. So like they can be awesome as awesome as possible, mm-hmm. and they're only going to equal their their awesome book counterparts. But um, you know, yeah, look, look, Egret. I mean, Rose Leslie did an incredible job, and you know, yeah, you felt you felt the the, the sexual tension there. You felt that relationship, and so when 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 Kit Harrington and her got together in real life you kind of you know no one was surprised you're like well we saw that on-screen chemistry mm-hmm. most mostly from rose leslie he actually proposed to her recently some, yeah yeah so i mean it's somewhat from from, from kid harrington but the you know, the but that that is like real that's something you know that's when it's done well on screen and then yeah when it's done poorly but that oh. was back when george was holding their hand and this goes back to aria as well for a little bit without book materials because now they're just going on bullet points and they have to fill the spaces between those bullet points when yeah. when certain characters have no more bullet points that they can adapt yet because I'm, I'm sure they probably mm. know what's going to happen to Arya in the last season they, they they have the bullet points for the last season for Arya but once it, oh I mean you you mean you mean when the, when the when the White Walkers come through the wall and then they attack Winterfell and then she has a badass fight with a White Walker and stabs one with her Valyrian dagger like that scene that we already know is gonna happen now now Preston like I said one bullshit at a time come on uh, <laughs> okay but uh, <coughs> the the problem here is that they don't know what to do without George holding their hand George needs to be there to make sure that. They they know what these characters should be doing without, you know, book material to guide them. And without book material to guide them, they just have no idea what to do with these characters. Look at the Blackfish. Look at look at Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy, I have a theory behind this, that when, when they were getting, you know, all these bullet points from George, they got the bullet points for the Big Five. Tyrion, Cersei, uh, yeah. Bran, all that stuff. But secondary characters who don't matter as much as the Big Five, like Theon and or the Blackfish, like that's why we've barely seen Theon throughout this entire season. He had some st- right. What were they supposed to do with exactly? Him? Yeah. They 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 know where Theon's supposed to end up by the end of season eight. But anything between that, anything between his escaping Winterfell and season eight, they just had to fill, and they give him as little to do as possible. He's still there, but he doesn't have that much to do. Yeah. Um. So one of one of the few things I'll defend about. Uh, the Slavers Bay plot in in the show is how they handled Dario, and I actually have I admit I mean everybody kind of was a Dario hater when 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 Show Dario showed up, but I admit that Show Dario I think is actually a better character than Book Dario. Mm. Uh, this is really controversial, but I think he's he's better because. I can look at, and I'm talking about the second, the second Dario, not the first Dario. Mm-hmm. The first Dario actually didn't work, but the the second Dario works because the actor that played him played him very charming, and you could imagine someone falling for someone charming and clever. He was like Han and, with, Solo, with, yeah, the roguish, and and he's got that joie de vivre. Um, 
he 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 was he was a great actor and i'm sorry i don't know the guy's name but he 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 was a great actor he put energy into him and i believed the danny dario romance because they had scenes like the they had those pillow talk scenes where he describes his 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 childhood and when it comes down to it real relationships um actually um uh read this uh uh, psychological study where, where you know, when it, when it comes to uh, psych studies, professors use as their guinea pigs uh, college freshmen because <laughs> they have these like, ma- they have hundreds of them atten- attending lectures, so they want to do some sort of, uh, you know, study. They'll 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 send the college freshmen off to to do something. So one of the studies they had was they had like one of their their classes of a of a hundred people the lecture um, pair off and talk about. Um, just boring everyday topics like TV, weather, nice things. And then they had another group talk about really sensitive topics like a time in which someone really close to you died, uh, a challenge that you had to overcome, a time you had a major loss in your life, uh, you know, a time you had a trauma. And then they had afterwards the, um, the, the, uh, the college freshmen rank how close or how valuable they thought their friendship with this new acquaintance was. And, you know, actually not surprisingly, the people that talked about really negative trauma, personal things actually felt much closer to, to these people than, than uh, the small talk people. And on top of this, they said like out of, out of the 50 pairs, uh, it was something like, eight of them started dating. And so like it's so like people feel connection when 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 they talk about things that are personal. And so like I bought the the Danny Dario relationship because Dario talked about his backstory and it felt personal. And all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, that's like a relationship." John and Danny haven't talked about anything personal. In fact, she asked him about the freaking getting stabbed in the heart and he and he dodges the question. The only thing they freaking talked about was was cave drawings. You know, and 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 they are and they they screamed Come at each other. Come on now, Preston. John's there for business, not pillow talk. Come on. I'm just but that's the thing is had they had it didn't even have to be that. If they, had, they should have just had the parapet, them walking along the parapet and they just needed a scene like John going you know, even the, this kind of reminds me of Winterfell. And she'll be like, Winterfell? But I thought Winterfell is, is snowy. And, he, and then he'd be like, no, it's not. But it reminds me of this and this and this aspect of it. And she would go, oh, you know, and then or another one where he's where he's like, isn't it strange to be back in Winterfell? And then she could say, well, yeah, my brother used to tell me stories about about Westeros. And I thought it was going to be like this and this and this. And uh, it's it's interesting to hear about it today. If they had conversations like that, like just, you know, things where they talked about their past, little personal conversations, I would have bought them falling in love, you know, like they did with Dario. So have, have you noticed how Danny is kind of uh, going through uh, the typical high school girl type of boyfriends? First, she's with the bad boy. Then she's with the uh, charmer, the hippie, the hipster. I want to call Dario the hipster. And now she's with the sweet, innocent guy. Or she's going to be with the sweet, innocent guy that she should have kind of been with the entire time. Who's just there to hold her hand and help her help herself. <clears throat> I mean, I, that's uh, kind of the, isn't that the, the progression? That's what they say, the progress, not just the high school girl. Yeah, they do say this is the progression of all women. 
that women women <laughs> yeah when they're younger they like the bad boys george r martin even says this in the books um though i have to say actually i know plenty of women that are like no i've never liked the bad god bad boys i've always liked the nice guys and so but uh Fucking liars um, liars or some that are always into the bad boys and never never graduate to the nice guys and then they always complain uh, how I mean, they always get fucked over <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a gender thing. I mean, I think I think men do it too. Really? I certainly liked the. Uh, oh yeah. You? I definitely liked like the, uh, the 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 exciting um, uh, bad girl who who would make me miserable when I was early. <laughs> yeah, early on, and then and even graduated to uh, to <laughs> women that were you know intelligent and 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 um, and and. Responsible and uh, responsible. actually liked me. Actually liked me and didn't treat me like crap. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I right, the whole Dragonstone stuff. Uh, you criticized it for because everybody all of a sudden wants to do what John wants to do. Everybody just wants to be his friend. You didn't. You didn't like this, and I understand why. But once again, we gotta go. We gotta. It's 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 fucking. We it's an hour before we gotta go home. We gotta wrap up this RPG. We can't keep arguing against this kid. Let's just do what he wants. That's basically it. Mm. And uh, this is 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 this the downside of having seven episodes this season? Even worse, next season six episodes that everything feels rushed. I mean, there's so many there's so many little things and big things that I think are are are, are wrong. Um, I guess they should have killed off people earlier because all the scenes are so crowded, and when you know. Just like in real life, if if a scene if if a group is crowded, you're not talking about meaningful conversations. You're talking about what the what the what the whole group can talk about, you know. And you know these these boardrooms of seven people in a room, like it's just you're not having the same sort of emotional personal conversations that you would normally get to have. Um, you know, oh, we need we need to have Varys say something. Yeah, Varys has been so useless. You know, should have killed him off. Once Something. again, it's it's know. exactly how I said it before. Uh, they don't have the whole thing for Varys yet. They, like the bullet points wasn't yeah. given for Varys because he's not one of the big five. George wasn't done with you know the the story for the sixth book. Therefore, we don't know where where Varys ends from the fifth to the very last season. So they're just kind of giving putting him there and giving him things to say, whatever. Yeah. Let's go on to. King's Landing for a little bit, Gendry. In my review, I said how I like that Gendry's back, and I and, and and you know what? A lot of people hated how the show kind of put in that meme about him rowing. You know, that, that that's a nice little callback for the fans because uh, he's been rowing ever since what season three, and uh, yeah. I like that. I didn't mind that, but my whole thing about Gendry, I'm glad he's back, and I actually did kind of want a bromance between him and John because of their fathers. Fine, but the guy has been in the episode five minutes. He's already done more than almost half the other characters. <laughs> they need to make up for lost time. <laughs> like we just met they did him Gendry. And, and he already had, he's on his way to the fellowship. He already has an invitation. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, Gendry, Gendry, they give him a lot of screen time, didn't they? Like, you know, they have him talk with, they have him talk with Davos. He beats up those, he kills those guards. He kills the, he kills Eddard from the play, from the play in Bravos. <laughs> Was that him? It's the same actor. <laughs> he, and he's very recognizable. Like, I instantly saw, like, the way he moved his mouth. And I'm like, ah, that's, that's the same guy. 
Damn, you actually yeah. caught that. I didn't catch that. But I will say my one complaint about Gendry this episode is that fucking Warhammer looks so bad that whoever whoever designed that, stop. Oh yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks like. I mean, best case scenario, it looks like a sledgehammer. Like it looks like it's covered in rubber. Yeah, right. And actually, to me, it kind of looked like like those like those fake hammers clowns make at birthday parties with balloons. Like that's what it kind of yeah. looked like to me. Looked like a toy. Um, and Robert's Warhammer. Have you actually seen a picture of Robert's Warhammer? They actually sell it. Oh, really? You've never seen it? It looks so badass. Like, it has, like, like four spikes on at the end, and it's just... It actually looks like a uh-huh. Warhammer Robert Baratheon would use. And when we were discussing, um... When we were discussing, like, the leaked pictures, we saw this before. We saw this, this, this picture where, you know, Tyrion... I think he hands Gendry the Warhammer or something, and, like, Gendry uses it to knock the guys out. Um... It almost looked like Gendry originally did have Robert's Warhammer. Huh. I don't know if they they changed it in the in the editing room or whatever, but whatever. Your thoughts on Gendry returning? Um, I thought they did it really poorly. Like, why would he go back to God, the same place? You know what they should have done is they should have had um, because Brienne and Pod have had nothing to fucking do. They could have had them run into Gendry at some point, like they do in the books, and like recruit him and had him have him come on, on her way something. back from the uh, from the Riverlands last from the Blackfish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they could have easily done that. Um, they didn't. They didn't need this. Like, you know, hey, you're back at the exact same Smith where I, I where you normally worked, and no one's reported this to the Gold Cloaks. Let's go. Okay, I've got my I've got my go bag. Let's go. Like, what? You have a go bag? <laughs> I've been waiting for this ever since. Like, really? Okay. Really? Whatever. Okay, so we also fast forward to Eastwatch. Now, I got to say, I was looking forward to seeing Highgarden Castle Rocked. Awful. Eastwatch, fucking cool looking. I I really liked what they did with Eastwatch. Your thoughts? Um, are you talking about in the opening? The no, opening no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about in the, in, like, when, when John arrives at Eastwatch. Yeah, I mean, I guess some people thought there should have been a galley or something, something to show that it was a port mm. as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it looks different. It seems like there's stone or something in the wall, along with the ice or something. Like, the, like, uh, like how, how, like, uh, the, um, there's, like, uh, what's the word? They're, like, buildings entrenched in the, in the, in the wall. Yeah. I mean, they definitely they definitely tried to give it a distinct look, like more layered and, Which and leveled. Which I fucking love. Castle Black was very boring. It was just basically like a mm. kind of like a stronghold against the wall. Eastwatch looks yeah. more like you know it looks more like a medieval, unique looking thing, you know. But yeah, yeah. we encounter Torment again, who has I think the best line. This him him and Bronn both compete for the best line. Uh, uh, <laughs> we gotta we gotta give them proof. Which one? The one with the dragons or the one who fucks her brother? Like, that's... I love Torva. He's, he's the greatest. But then we find out that the Brotherhood have arrived at Eastwatch ahead of everybody else, and they are in an ice cell. That's yeah, fine. I mean, I, I have no complaints about it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I kind of feel like the, the, the entire situation to get everybody there was a little contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, like, first of all, Visions... Granted, you know, visions are in a lot of fantasy and sci-fi, um, but they are fucking cheap and easy. Like, oh, we need our characters to do something? Send them a vision. Like, you know, they just... You don't need any reason. So so in a sense, like, Thoros 
Barrick and the Hound are at the wall for no reason, like because Vision sent them there. And then Jorah had no reason to go there. And that so Jorah wanted to no serve reason. his queen, and Gendry wanted to be of help somehow, even though missed missed opportunity. Could have could have been in my my scene of of like the night that Sam and Jorah had to sh- had to be quarantined together. Mm-hmm. Like that would have solved that. He would have been like, ah, oh, fine, I, I I will fight. You know, you saved my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight. The, I'm gonna get these White Walkers. I'm gonna do anything for. You know, for John. It also works out in Jorah's favor too, because he'd also be serving Danny as well. But right. the whole scene between all of them together, I love that chemistry. You're like you sold me to the Red Woman. Well, you know, it's whatever. You're a yeah, fucking Mormon. Well, you know, like that was working. I mean, that what not the Mormon part because that's stupid. <laughs> like John is Mormon squire. Like who gives a shit? We don't like. We, we suddenly don't like Jira Mormon. Um, but that, that that was working. I wanted more of it. Like the fact that Thoros and 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 Jorah know each other—that's awesome. Like, you know, like are, they should be f- the best of friends from their time for from the the Greyjoy mm-hmm. Rebellion, you know. And and so that kind of stuff is interesting. Um, you know, I wish they had more of that where they were like where they talked a little more. About yeah, I w- uh, I wanted to continue. Someone said uh, on my Facebook how it's kind of like a college humor skit. I absolutely agree. It was fantastic. Uh, those characters seem to have a lot of chemistry with each other. And I wanted to see more of it. Sorry about that. We end the episode with them going, you know, beyond the wall. And if you noticed, you know, I was wondering, like, which one of these guys are going to die? Either Barak or Thoros, definitely going down. Or both. Or both. Both. Definitely going down. In the preview, we see the Hound has Gendry's Warhammer. So I really don't hope they've just brought Gendry back to give the Hound his Warhammer. That'd be stupid. But if you notice, when they're going beyond the wall, they're taking a couple of token waddlings with them just to die for the sake of it. Some red, some red shirts. Some red yeah. shirts. So, so you th- uh, look. I, I think I think all of them are gonna die except for Jorah, the Hound, and and John. Really, you I'm expect sorry, Gendry but, to go down? Yeah. The Absolutely. last surviving Baratheon. Yeah. I mean, that would keep in line with I mean, with your thought of you know them breaking the whole feudal monarchy system and, and going towards more democracy in the realm. No, it goes more with like this. They're, they're, they're bringing, they're bringing back people for one episode and then they kill them. I mean, blackfish. Well, this, this Osha, is not season Rickon. six now. Okay. We're doing things. It, it a little is. It's the same. Kind of. They're, 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 they're wrapping it up, wrapping it up. <laughs> we got to get more of those CGI dragons in there. Oh, by the way, by the way, yeah. I love how, I love how it's mentioned, but never seen. Right. So, so uh, Sansa and Arya were talking about, you don't want me to wait around for John like Ghost would. Where the fuck is Ghost? Yeah, the, the lamp shading, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we haven't seen Ghost since John's resurrection. That, yeah, that's kind of true. Like I said, like we should have just had him. I wouldn't mind like reusing old footage from previous seasons of him just sitting around looking at people. Like I wouldn't mind that, but we got to mm. get that. That budget needs to go to those dragons and whatever so any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up uh no no that's uh i think we think we covered it i think we covered it completely oh oh crap we didn't talk about how stupid Tyrion's smuggling expedition was but whatever <laughs> why did, oh that's why we God, didn't talk about fuck... jamie and cersei okay real quick jamie the whole jamie cersei the lannisters this episode did you like him did you not oh uh, i mean ja- jamie and cersei worked fine um their relationship is is, is perfect I love how Cersei's becoming more clever and and really, you know, becoming a a, a smart 
a smart leader. Um, oh, people were saying how they don't think she's really pregnant, how she, they think she's trying to control Jamie. In the books, we see a little bit of it, how she's kind of trying, trying to control him. But in the show, we haven't really seen much of that. Do you think she's really pregnant? I don't think she she feels she's losing control of him. So, if 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 they had if they had predicated it with a scene where Jamie had become a little more independent, mm-hmm. she wanted to reel him in. That's different, but they haven't done that. So no, I think she's pregnant. I think it's mm-hmm. legit. And and the whole um, Tyrion being smuggled in. Uh, you you did not like it. Why? It's just pointless. Why why did he need to meet Jamie face to face? So you're saying that it's better for him to send a letter. If he sent the letter, then what if Cersei intercepted the letter? That's a hell of a lot better than her finding out that he actually had a meeting and could have killed him at any time, which is what actually happened. So what you're saying is it's better if Tyrion sent a letter to Jamie, a secret one, maybe had Bronn deliver it, and Cersei and allows then it, Jamie it, it, to meet I mean, him up. No, no, what would have been better? I mean, if you're talking about Cersei intercepting things, like, first of all, like, Cersei was completely amenable to the armistice, which is understandable considering they're losing the freaking war. Of course she is. They're um, losing already. So, they're, they're, they won every battle until that last one, and they're losing already. Yeah, like, there's no, there's no reason she wouldn't agree to it, considering they're losing badly. So why not send a letter? Or send the letter to Jamie and have her intercept it, and you're, you get to the same end. Um, there's no reason for Tyrion to to smuggle himself into, into King's Landing. None at all. Incredibly risky. Uh, considering he was caught, and Cersei just chose to let him go. So, the only reason it happened is because they're like, you know, it would be really cool if we had you know, uh, a Tyrion-Jamie face-to-face reunion. That's the only reason they had it. This whole season is just reunions. Jamie Jamie forgave Tyrion a little too easily. Did he forgive Tyrion? I didn't um, get that impression. I hope he didn't. I mean, you're right, but I, I think that's as close, you know, I think somehow it's going to be forgiven. All right, guys, uh, let, that, is, that is it. Let's wrap this up. Uh, guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out there. Follow either myself or Preston on Twitter for all updates on the next episode of the podcast. You've been tweeting out a lot more, which is good. I, I like to see this. I like to see this. Tweet out more, please. At me, at me, preferably. <laughs> all right. do, you have, do you have any videos uh, cooking up? I know. I know. Last time, last time you said you've been working on like. No, we've been, we're we're so fucking busy with this. It's <laughs> it's, it's. I'm sorry. Come on. Okay, guys. Uh, Once again, leave your thoughts below, and we may cover them in a future episode of the podcast. But once again, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.